In the past, when a kid was asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? You heard things like doctor, teacher, astronaut, or firefighter, which are definitely still on the list of some children's potential grown-up careers. But now, the most common answer to that question? YouTuber. Or, more broadly, influencer. So many kids are interested in this new career path, and some bigger kids like maybe you and me also are interested in switching careers and doing the influencer thing full-time. It's natural that people are becoming increasingly curious about how to become an influencer, seeing as there's so many people in the public eye, Liza Koshy, Emma Chamberlain, David Dobrik, who have broken through from the internet sphere into the world of mainstream media and made pretty much everybody aware that there's money to be made on the internet just for seemingly sharing your life on there. We all know that there can be a great stream of revenue available through YouTube and other platforms, and it definitely seems pretty glamorous from the outside looking in. But nobody said it was easy. It can actually be really difficult to build up an audience and monetize it and be able to make being a content creator a full-time career, which is why I want to share everything you need to know about the updated 2021 approach to becoming an Instagram influencer. And just as a heads up, I really do think that this information can apply to really any platform that you are passionate about. I know most of our audience here at Creator Club is interested in Instagram, but just in case you're listening and thinking that you might want to host a podcast or be a YouTuber or, you know, be big on TikTok or whatever it might be, know that this is a pretty broad roadmap that can help you across different platforms. And of course, no one here is claiming to be the most famous person on the internet. I, you know, have a humble audience of just over 100,000 on YouTube, and I've learned a lot in my journey of growing to that point, but I know that I still have a lot to learn. So what I'm going to share with you in this episode is stuff that I've learned from my own personal journey, but also stuff that myself and the Creatorly team have learned from observing um, internet culture and other influencers' career paths as well. So with that being said, let's roll the intro and dive into the episode, shall we? Welcome to the Creator Club Podcast, produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club Podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop-style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or one million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. Let's start by chatting about what an influencer even is. It can sound like a very broad term, and it's also a pretty new definition of a job. So let's just lay the groundwork of what it means to do this kind of work. 
In a past Forbes article, an influencer was described as individuals who have essentially established credibility in a specific area or industry. So, simply put, influencers are folks who have knowledge or social influence in their niche. Being an influencer can open up the door for you to make an income through influencer marketing, which is a form of social media marketing involving endorsements and product placements in influencers' content sponsored by brands. Now, some people might think that the only way to be an influencer is by having a really huge audience of, you know, millions, but that's not always the case. If you are familiar with the influencer world, then you might have also heard the terms nano or micro-influencer. A nano-influencer is defined as someone under 10,000 followers, and a micro-influencer is someone with an audience of 10k to 50k, which really proves that becoming an influencer is definitely in reach. Actually, some brands even prefer working with influencers with smaller audiences. Wickerwood co-founder Shirley Lee Woods Oaks said, A lot of brands prefer to work with nano or micro influencers because they're a lot more focused and more targeted to their followers and audience. So that just goes to show that no matter what size of audience you have, you can pivot into this influencer marketing business model. And it just is really going to depend on how strong of a niche you have, how strong your engagement rate is, and what kind of brands you're reaching out to to collaborate with, which we'll get into all the details of that in just a second. So now that we've got definitions out of the way, we understand that an influencer is simply someone who has an audience that exchanges the visibility to their audience for you know, a sponsorship through a brand or whatever. Let's talk about the steps involved in actually working towards doing this kind of work. So, you know, I love a good numbered list. Today, we're going to go through five steps to becoming an influencer in 2021. The first step is selecting your niche. Now, be honest with me. Did you just cringe a little bit? I know everybody online is always talking about find your niche and it can start to become a little bit tiring when you hear that as advice all the time. But to be the perfect candidate for influencer marketing from a brand's perspective, establishing a really strong niche and target audience is crucial to pitching yourself and showing your value, especially if you have a smaller audience. Like we said earlier, brands like working with influencers due to their audience being more targeted. There's a reason why brands prefer to do influencer marketing over traditional advertising, and the two biggest ones are one, targeted reach, so having a specific audience they know that they're connecting with, and two, because that personal recommendation or endorsement from someone that you trust is a lot more valuable than just seeing an ad. So when you're thinking about how you can provide value as an influencer to brands that you're reaching out to, know those are the two main reasons that they're thinking about working with you rather than just giving Instagram a few bucks to boost their post. So consider how can you provide for them a more targeted or specific audience? And two, how can you show that your audience really trusts what you have to recommend? Those are the two biggest pieces of value that you bring. So if you can prove through your analytics and your engagement that your audience matches the ideal audience of the brand that you're wanting to collaborate with, then you'll be more likely to land that kind of brand deal. So all of that is to say, this is the value of having a niche. You need to be able to show the kind of people that you're reaching and 
the easiest way to do that is by having specific content for those type of people. So while we're talking about niche though, I do want to introduce you to my personal approach to niche, which is something that I have kind of come to through observing the world of YouTube in particular. I'm a big YouTube fan, um, but the same is true across you know, Instagram and podcasting and stuff, but I've seen it so clearly on YouTube. So you kind of have two different ways of approaching a niche. One is the traditional sense of a niche, which is having very specific subject matter that you cover. So maybe you give Instagram tips, which is historically what I did on my YouTube channel, or maybe you talk about um, sourdough bread baking or vegan recipes, or knitting tutorials. You know, those are examples of niches that are specific to subject matter. And I always thought that that was what you had to do. You had to have a specific topic so everybody knew exactly what they were getting out of your channel and people wouldn't subscribe to you unless you had a very specific type of subject that you talk about week after week after week. But then through my own like viewing on YouTube, I started to discover this whole world of lifestyle content creators. Now, obviously this isn't anything new. In the past, I used to watch a lot of beauty gurus and fashion channels, but in that traditional sense of niche, those quote unquote lifestyle channels of the past, like beauty gurus, et cetera, fit into that first definition of niche, right? Like they make videos about makeup or about fashion, and that is a subject matter style niche. But more recently, we've seen a really big emergence of lifestyle channels where there's a whole variety of top of topics covered. So we see people making what I eat in a day. We see people sharing their routines. We see them sharing vlogs of traveling, of going to school, of working. So this is a huge variety of topics that we see on one channel. And yet some of these channels are highly, highly successful and actually have a very, very good engagement rate, which I found so fascinating because you would think that a channel that has a variety of topics would actually struggle to have a high view count compared to their subscriber count because You know, you would think that only so many people subscribed to that channel are going to be invested in every single topic covered. However, after doing some research and some thinking about how these channels are successful and how they keep their viewers so engaged, what I have come to is that there is a second approach to niche, which might be a little bit more enticing for you. So if you feel a little bit stifled by that original approach to niche, which is pick one topic and only ever talk about that. This is the way that I think a lot of lifestyle content creators are succeeding, and that is through having a very specific target audience. So knowing who you're speaking to, knowing the type of people that are going to be interested in what you're talking about, and then creating topics that rather than having to align with a very specific niche, instead align with a general subject area that you know your ideal viewer is going to be interested in. So for example, one creator that I took a lot of inspiration from when developing this second theory of niche is Elena Tabor from YouTube. So she creates lifestyle content and she makes everything from 30 day fitness challenges 
to New York City diaries, to apartment tours, to travel videos. Sometimes she talks about the books that she's reading. Sometimes she does fashion and lookbook videos. So there's all kinds of topics covered on her channel, but they all perform very well. And it's because she has a very specific audience that she's catering to. And that audience just so happens to line up with me. So basically a young woman who's interested in travel, in learning, uh, and those types of things. And, and just like the, even the visual aesthetic that she has, I, I think contributes to what, um, draws people in. So her personal fashion sense and her home decor and all that kind of stuff. And also, of course, there is a small element of having an aspirational lifestyle. You know, you need to be able to portray something that your audience would like to work towards. So obviously that's going to change totally depending on who your audience is. I know for a lot of us, we'd feel like, oh, well, my life isn't aspirational, but maybe not to you, but to somebody else, it certainly could be. So the point is, when you are thinking about selecting your niche, don't feel too off put by the idea of getting specific and having a niche because you don't necessarily need to just repeat over and over again the same subject matter. Rather, you can have a very specific target audience that you are creating content for, and then you can basically create anything that you think your audience might be interested in, even if it's as varied as apartment tours, to fashion, to travel, to books, to fitness. Um, And there's all kinds of other topics that could fit into that too, as long as it's being created from the lens of your audience and what they would be interested in, I think that you can be successful with a variety of content. So that's my rant on having a niche. And this is something too that I am personally experimenting with now. I've been open on this podcast about how I'm shifting my personal YouTube channel away from being subject matter focused. So all about Instagram and social media marketing, basically over to being more audience focused. So creating lifestyle content for who I see as my ideal audience. Um, So We'll continue to see how that works out. I've definitely seen it be successful for other creators, as I talked about, like Elena Tabor is just one of many examples. Um, But yeah, hopefully that is a little bit inspiring for you. If you feel like you want to create a variety of content as well and you feel a little bit stifled being in a niche, I do think there are unique ways to approach that. And I'll continue to report back on how that's going for me. So anyway, to summarize, for step one, Pick your niche, whether that is a certain subject area that you are passionate about and that you're going to deliver content on consistently, or if that's a target audience that you are going to really figure out the wants and needs of and deliver content to them in a way that's going to be valuable from their perspective. Once you have selected your niche, now we're going to move on to step number two, which is building your resume. You have to start thinking of being an influencer as a career, not just like a hobby or, you know, something famous people do. Your Instagram profile is your resume in this type of job. Some folks might look at a media kit as a resume, but I consider the media kit and pitch to be more like the interview in our job metaphor here. The first thing a brand will look at is your Instagram profile. They won't just be looking at your feed, but your bio, links, highlights, stories, videos, and more. Your bio is actually extremely important when becoming an influencer. Not only does it help your audience learn a bit more about what to expect from following you, but it will also tell potential brands who you are and, by extension, who your target audience is. The goal is making sure your messaging is very clear 
in all areas of your Instagram profile. So if you haven't already, really take some time to try to look at your Instagram profile through fresh eyes. So I know it can be difficult because obviously we recognize ourselves in photos. We have fondness for the memories that we're sharing through those photos, but you have to try to look at your profile as if you've never seen it before. And what would you think about it if it was someone that you didn't know or had had never come across before on the platform? And then using that sort of self-reflection, try to alter your profile a little bit to make sure that you're communicating very clearly, not only to your audience, but also to brands, the value that you're providing. And then, you know, by extension, what kind of brands would align with who you are and what you're doing. Ideally, when a new follower or a brand comes across your profile, they'll know instantly whether they connect with you and whether your values align, if your interests align, that kind of thing. And the way to do that is by making sure that you're sharing that stuff very front and center through the images on your profile and through your bio, through your highlights, all of that kind of thing. So Really, after you've established your niche and or your target audience and you've started to post more, it's important to make sure that you are building up a resume of content that is going to help you attract the kind of audience and then also brand deals that you're going to want to do. This brings us then to step three, which is creating a content strategy. Developing a content strategy will help build your target audience, keep your brand and schedule consistent, and attract other brands for collaborations. It's important to show your expertise and knowledge about your niche in your posts or your ability to understand your target audience and create content specifically for them, but also show your vulnerability and your unique voice. If you want to deep dive into developing a content strategy and planning an entire quarter of content, make sure to check out a replay of the recent Back to Social workshop that I hosted a couple weeks ago. So we did it live, but obviously I know that not everybody was able to register and be there live. So we've decided to put their replay up for sale on the website. So if you want to go check that out, it's linked in the show notes of this episode, but um, it's also just at creatorlymedia.com slash workshop if you want to check that out. So a content strategy cannot be overlooked, whether you are taking the traditional niche approach or if you're just creating content for a target audience, it's really important that you establish how often you're going to post, what you're posting about, and then create a plan to stay consistent. Step number four is building your community. Building your community is more than just increasing your follower count. Once you grow your audience, it's important to nurture your relationship with them. This might look like sending a DM to each of your new followers and thanking them for joining your community and offering to answer any questions they have in your field. So for example, if you do have a specific niche like makeup we talked about earlier, if you have a new follower, then reach out to them and say, hey, thanks so much for following. It's great to meet you. If you ever have questions about certain products or makeup recommendations, totally feel free to DM me and we can have a chat. That's just a really great way to establish that connection and let people know that you are open to actually having that one-on-one relationship. And it just makes what you're doing feel so much more real and authentic. You also just need to make sure that you're being active on your profile and responding to comments in DMs. You can even take it a step further and check out your followers' profiles. So maybe hop over to your new followers' Instagram pages, like and comment on the content that sticks out to you, and maybe even following them if you really enjoyed their content. 
it just make sure that it's authentic and that it's genuine. If you come across somebody that, you know, you know you're not really that interested in their content, you don't think that you would engage regularly and they just happen to follow you, you don't need to feel pressure to follow them back. But if somebody follows you and you check out their profile and you're like, dang, this actually is really cool stuff, then totally hit the follow button and start engaging with it frequently. And this is how you really start to build friendships that can then blossom into a real Instagram community. So don't be afraid to do that. I think a lot of people that start out in their influencer journey want to start behaving as if they are like an Emma Chamberlain type influencer, um, i.e. not really replying to stuff because you honestly, for her, she just has way too many comments or messages to do that. But the reality is when you're just starting out, if you behave in that way, it's not going to come across in a good way at all. It's not going to feel authentic. People are going to think that you're either inactive or just like too stuck up to interact with them. So just be careful and know that at the beginning, you need to spend at least as much time engaging as you do creating. Um, That's really what's going to foster the relationships that help you eventually grow a bigger audience. You also want to make sure that you're being active in your stories whenever possible. Stories are 100% geared towards your current audience and can give them a look inside your life, which is going to help get your existing followers to turn into really loyal fans by feeling like they're a part of your everyday. Instead of treating your followers like a number, treat them like a friend because that is what this is all really about at the end of the day. It's about building authentic relationships. I mean, wouldn't you rather listen to the advice or recommendations of a friend's versus a stranger? I think so. That's what being an influencer is all about is feeling like an online friend to your audience. And it's that strong connection on a personal level that is really what's convincing to brands that are going to, you know, want to work with you because your audience really trusts you and has that relationship with you. So this is really at the core of the whole process. I know we can talk about niche, we can talk about content strategy, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be a successful influencer unless you have a really strong community. And the way to building that community is by interacting with other people online. So do not discount that. Yes, you want to have aesthetic pictures. You want to have high quality content. That's important to brands too. But what's way more important to brands than that is having a real connection with your audience. This brings us to step number five, which is promoting your content. Posting quality, consistent content might not always be enough. Let's just be honest, it is hard to grow on Instagram. Yes, there's lots of ways that we can increase our reach organically by posting reels, by creating shareable content, using hashtags, and reaching out and engaging with new folks. But you really do need to make sure, especially at the beginning, that you're doing everything that you can to promote your content and increase that traffic so you can start building your audience. So this might include things like following trends when you're creating new reels. So like using popular audios or popular dances that are more likely to go viral. It might include using the right hashtags or cross-promoting your content on multiple platforms to increase your reach. For example, you can post your content from Instagram over to Pinterest. You can even create additional graphics that are optimized for Pinterest that eventually send people to your Instagram or like I said at the beginning, this applies to any type of platform. So maybe it's your YouTube channel, maybe it's your TikTok or your podcast, but there's lots of different platforms you can use to increase the traffic to your content 
by promoting it, whether it's on Pinterest or through an email newsletter or even using another social platform like TikTok or Twitter to promote your stuff on Instagram or vice versa. So this is where you really need to get a little bit creative and start to think about where else your audience might hang out online and creative ways that you can start directing people from other platforms to the main platform that you're trying to grow. The goal is you want to make sure your content is getting in front of more people, including potential new followers and brands. Remember that you don't want to spend all of your time just creating new content because there's so much opportunity in, like I was saying before, the engagement time that you spend building community, but also the time that you spend promoting your existing content. I feel like so many creators end up burning themselves out by just creating, 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 and not spending any time promoting what they've already made. And you can really extend the shelf life of content that you've already worked on and make it give you even a bigger return on your investment if you spend a little time thinking about how you can maybe promote it on other avenues online. Remember, at the end of the day, this all takes time and patience. If it were easy and could happen overnight, everyone would do it. But you really just need to take your time, think about your long-term goal of why you're doing this. And ideally, it's because you care about the content you're making, either through because of artistic fulfillment or because you're really helping your audience in some way. Try to keep that greater goal in mind as you're working towards monetization because it will take a really long time before you're at the point of really making a significant income from this. If you would like help with developing a strategy on social media or getting help creating content for Instagram or editing a podcast or a YouTube channel, find us on Instagram at Creatorly Media. We've got lots of resources and extra tips that we share over on our Instagram. And of course, you can send us a DM anytime. We'd love to chat with you and help you figure out how you can reach your goals and how we might be able to help. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.